Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am always so grateful and so honored that you take time to listen. My prayer is that I will equip and encourage you to go out and be the light of Christ, that you will go out and be the light of Christ for someone that you encounter during your day and your family and your friend group at church, someone who's living in darkness and needs the light of Christ. I want that to be you. All right, so today I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. Um, You know, children use their imagination all the time and come up with these great stories. Adults don't do that as often. So here's what I want you to do. Imagine that each time you go to church that you will receive $1,000. Yes, every time you walk through the doors, you get $1,000. It doesn't matter if it's the weekend mass, a weekday mass, or spending time in adoration. In fact, you can even get $1,000 each time you receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Imagine this. At Mass, when the basket is passed up and down the pews, instead of you placing money inside, you are actually going to take out a crisp $1,000 bill. Now, if this were truly the case, I bet people would line up for church long before the church doors opened. The pews would be full for mass and adoration, and the lines for reconciliation would wrap around the church as people wait for hours to get in the confessional. Our priest would probably be exhausted from trying to keep up with all of this demand. So here's what I want you to ask yourself. If you received $1,000 to go to Mass, would it change what you do now? Would attending church become a priority? Would you plan your schedule around going to Mass rather than hoping Mass would fit into your busy life? All right, so while we're talking about money, let's think about the reasons that $1,000 would be so enticing. First, it could give you freedom. Money gives you the ability to explore different opportunities. You can pursue an education, start a business, travel around the world, or explore hobbies. With money, you can support yourself, you can take care of your needs, and you are free to live life on your own terms. You aren't dependent on someone else. 
Next, having a thousand dollars can provide feelings of peace and security in your life. As you accumulate money in your savings account, you have the peace of mind knowing that you can handle problems that come up. Money can be a safety net for when life doesn't go as expected. It can make you feel like you are protected and safe from outside threats, so you can lay your head on your pillow and sleep at night. All right, the $1,000, it wouldn't buy you a house, but it would certainly help with that mortgage payment, right? You could put food on the table for your family, Food and shelter are basic needs for everyone. So with money, you can heat your house and buy items for comfort and ease. Money can help you create a home to love and nurture your family. All right, here's a big one. You might associate money with happiness, right? So that $1,000 every time you go through the church doors, you can only imagine how happy you would feel. It is often believed that money does make you happy. The more money you have, the happier you are. With money, you can buy more clothes, more shoes, purses, toys, gadgets, electronics, or whatever you want with the hopes that your life will be easy and carefree. You may look at other people who seem happy and relate their happiness to the size of their house, the car they drive, their salary, their bank account, or maybe the jewelry they wear. You want what they have, so you secretly envy their possessions and desire the money to buy them so you can feel happy too. Finally, $1,000 can mean receiving the approval of others. Money is known to bring prestige and honor. Wealthy people are often placed on a pedestal as an example of what is possible. You may want to follow in their path. Earning money might be a way that you seek and find approval from those around you. It could be a way to validate yourself. Okay, my friends, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but you aren't going to get $1,000 for going to Mass. It's not going to happen. But what if I told you that what you will receive at Mass is so much more valuable than $1,000? The gift that you are given is priceless each and every time you enter the church doors. That gift is Jesus. Mass is where you go to encounter Jesus. So all of those things that you might believe that $1,000 could provide, freedom, security, um, happiness, honor, worthiness, guess what? Jesus can provide even more. The gifts that you receive when you attend Mass are the absolute greatest gifts on earth. So this past weekend in his homily, Father Dan shared that there are four ways Jesus is present in the Holy Mass. Now, here are the four ways. The Eucharist, through the priest, the Word of God, and within the people. Each time you attend Mass, 
Jesus is present in all four of these ways. I want you to think about it. At times, you are aware of His presence. You can feel God um, through the worship. Maybe He places a message on your heart during the homily. You can feel Him during the songs or the traditions. You could leave church with a full heart, ready to share the gospel with your family and all of those you encounter on your journey. You have this hope in knowing that God is always beside you. All right, let's be real. Then there are the other times that you arrive at Mass and leave without feeling God's presence at all. You might blame it on the priest, the music, or just simply being distracted by something going on in your life. Here's what I want you to know. Either way, whether you feel God's presence or not, Jesus is present, and He's waiting on you to walk through the church doors. I want to take a a few minutes and look at each of these four ways that Jesus is present. The first presence of Christ is that His presence in the assembled people of God. Christ is present as parishioners gather in His name. Jesus promised in Matthew Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Therefore, every time we come together to pray, to worship, to give thanks, and to sing during the liturgy, Christ is present in and with us. All right, here are some reasons that show why it's important to create a Christian community at church. First, Christian brothers and sisters can help you to grow closer to Christ. They give you encouragement for your spiritual journey. Connecting with others allows you to see life from a different perspective. It allows you to pray for those who are suffering and then to celebrate life's great joys with them. Next, it's important to become part of a Christian community because it helps keep you committed and grounded in your faith. Knowing that others will gather to celebrate Mass and share prayers keeps you consistent in your faith life. You count on them knowing that they can count on you. So think about when you go to Mass. Think about those people that you always see at church. They're always at attending Mass at the same time. They always sit in the same pew, and then all of a sudden they're not there. Doesn't it make you wonder if something is wrong? And hopefully you check on them. All right, next, a Christian community provides support in times of need. When life throws you a curveball and doesn't go as expected, and we all know that this is going to happen, having a faith-based community means that others will offer encouragement and prayer. During your dark hours, during those times of trials and struggles, it's that community, it's those people in church who are going to help walk you through. Lastly, A Christian community is where you learn love and mercy. Through the examples of others, you learn what it means to be Christian in your daily life. 
you see examples from them of forgiveness and deep belief as you hear their witness, you hear their stories and how God has moved in their life. So, Christ is present in the community of believers that make up the church. A second way that Christ is present in the liturgy is in the person of the priest. In the Holy Mass, the priest proclaims the Word of God and helps the congregation to internalize the gospel message. The priest acts in the person of Christ. The Catechism states, The ecclesial service of the ordained minister, it is Christ Himself who is present to His church as head of His body, as the shepherd of His flock, as the high priest of the redemptive sacrifice and the teacher of truth. It is the same priest, Christ Jesus, whose sacred person the priest truly represents. The priest, through the consecration he has received through holy orders, is truly made like the high priest and possesses the authority to act in the power and in the place of Christ himself in the sacraments. At Mass, we encounter Jesus as he works through the hands, actions, and words of the priest. Several years ago, I was blessed to go on a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. One day, we visited the home of Patrick and Nancy. They're a married couple who left a lavish lifestyle behind in search of a deeper connection with God in their everyday lives. They felt called to something more, something bigger. Patrick and Nancy built a castle to be used as a retreat house for priests, nuns, seminarians, and religious who visit the village of Medjugorje. It is always uplifting to visit the castle and hear the couple share their conversion story. Patrick's conversion occurred when Nancy shared some of Our Lady's messages from Medjugorje. He was very uninterested. So, he turned to the shortest message and read, For the last time, I am calling you to conversion. This brief message was the nudge that Patrick needed to return to Christ and to the Catholic Church. It's interesting, one of the first things that he did upon returning to the church was to receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation. This sacrament is a gift from Jesus that we receive through the priest. Jesus carefully chose his apostles, and he called them to participate in his priesthood in a special way. He imparted to them his own power to forgive sins and granted them the authority to reconcile sinners with the church. The priest is an essential part of our reconciliation because it is through him that God has chosen to grant us forgiveness and reconcile us to himself. As we sat and listened to Nancy and Patrick talk, I will never forget that Nancy grabbed the hands of a priest standing near her and raised them in the air. She said, these are the hands of Christ. I can vividly remember the impact of her words. The hands of the priest are those of Christ and the Eucharist and 
and reconciliation and all of the sacraments that we receive. One of the greatest fruits of Medjugorje can be found in the many confessions that take place each day around the church. In the evening, priests from all over the world and many different languages gather to hear confessions from the pilgrims who are gathered there. It is such a moving sight to see priests sitting on benches, in chairs, in the confessionals, or simply leaning against the church walls, acting in the person of Christ. Those priests are the hands and feet of Jesus on earth. And those hands allow healing and deliverance into our world. The third way that Christ is present through the liturgy is in the Word of God. John tells us at the beginning of his gospel that Christ is the Word of God. In John 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. A little further along in chapter 14, John writes, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. When you read Scripture, God is speaking to you. Anytime you hear God's Word from the law, a prophet, a psalm, a gospel, a letter, or any other Scripture passage, Christ is there for you, and He's around you. Pope Francis said it is in the mass readings that God speaks to each person through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Pope said, Let us ask the Holy Spirit to make the Word sown into our hearts, bear abundant fruit, and guide our steps day by day. God has a unique message for each person sitting in the pews. The Word of God is a call to action in your life. The Gospels are examples of how you are called to live your life through the example of Jesus and the disciples. Once you receive the Word of God, you can use it as a GPS for your life. You can measure your actions against the teachings of God. The Word of God comes before the Eucharist. Have you ever noticed that in Mass? We have the Word of God and then the Eucharist. That is so your heart and soul are prepared for the body and blood of Christ. As you look up towards the lectern and hear the Word proclaimed, you're turning your attention to Christ and His presence in your life. You are opening yourself up to Him. And then the final and most important way that Christ is present in the Mass is through the Eucharist. This is the source and summit of our faith. Christ is present in the bread and wine as it becomes the body and blood of Christ through the hands of the priest. What looks like bread and wine has truly become Christ's body and blood by the taking blessing, breaking, and sharing of the priest in front of all of those who are gathered to worship. So, was it not in the breaking of the bread that the disciples at Emmaus recognized Jesus present with them? In Luke 24, we read, When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. 
Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So, my friends, the Eucharist is where you come face to face with God. St. Augustine said, What you see is the bread and the chalice. That is what your own eyes report to you. But what your faith obliges you to accept is that the bread is the body of Christ and the chalice is the blood of Christ. How blessed we are that Jesus gave up His life for us, and every time we go to Mass, He does that again by giving us His body and blood. Last March, I had the honor of interviewing Sister Breege McKenna for my podcast. Now, if you don't know, Sister Breege is an Irish nun who loves the Lord. She is so on fire, and she travels around the world to proclaim Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Sister is a dynamic speaker, and she shares so many stories of healing and deliverance in the presence of the Eucharist. She has a book called Miracles Do Happen, and in that book, she says, We Catholics often forget that we can do much more than merely touch Jesus. As Catholics, we believe we actually receive Jesus. We put out our hands and we receive the body and blood of Jesus. She goes on to say, The Lord comes through the power of the ordained priest and takes possession of the bread and wine. Then, at the Lord's invitation to take and eat, we receive the Eucharist, and the Lord takes possession of us. I love that. Like, we move towards the altar. We move towards the front of the church, and we receive Jesus. He becomes part of who we are. We become part of Him. So, the four ways that you encounter Christ in Mass is through the congregation, through the priest, in the Word of God, and in the Eucharist. These are the greatest gifts that we could ever receive. They are more precious and valuable than $1,000, than any amount of money. Yet, doesn't it make you wonder why our churches aren't packed each time the doors open? If we can receive these amazing gifts... Don't you think we would take it more seriously? Like I said at the beginning, receiving $1,000 each time you go to Mass would draw many people because of what they believe that the money could do for them. Instead of needing money to provide freedom, Christ provides real freedom. He is freedom. We live, as you know, in a broken world, which means that sin, failures, and wounds are all part of it. God sent His Son to redeem us, to save us. Christ's freedom offers the opportunity for a new way of living. You are free to make your own choices and to create a life in Christ. Christ will free you from the weight of worldly expectations He'll free you from false pleasures, and He'll give you freedom from temptations so that you can walk in confidence and hope, so that you can be that light of Christ that the world so desperately needs. All right, so rather than needing money for peace and security, how about the peace of mind and heart that only Christ can offer? 
In Philippians 4, we read, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, tell your request to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This, this peace that we receive when we go to church, when we come to know the Lord, when we receive Him in the Eucharist, this is greater than any amount of money you could have in your savings account. The human body has a basic need for food, but the soul has a need for the body of Christ. Every time you attend Mass, Christ is present in the Eucharist. As you consume the Eucharist, He is within you. You become one. The Eucharist nourishes your body, mind, and spirit so that you are strengthened in your daily life. Now, we know that money may buy delicious foods or yummy treats, but only in Mass can Christ provide the food for eternal life. That is why it is so essential to attend Mass. This food is worth more than all of the gold in the world. It's a treasure and a gift from God. Finally, yes, money might make your life easier. And your material goods, they might make you happy. But happiness can also be short-lived. That's where you have to be careful. In the Mass, you will find that Christ is the ultimate source of joy. Material goods come and go. I mean, if you're like me, how many times do you have to clean out your closet, clean out your drawers, take a load to Goodwill, or get rid of it? So material goods come and go, but Christ is constant. His love, mercy, compassion, and forgiveness are all fountains where joy pours into your life. When you receive the sacraments, you gain a joy that is not available in the world. A joy that only comes from a deep, intimate relationship with Christ. It's a joy that lasts in times of great happiness and celebrations. But it's also a joy that is present in times of sorrow and grief and trials and difficulties. Here's the truth. Many people spend their entire lives trying to buy happiness by accumulating wealth and material possessions or um, approval. But here's the thing. If they only knew that true joy comes from a relationship with Christ, one that can be found within the people gathered to worship, in the hands of the priest, in the Word of God, and in the Holy Eucharist, This is where the world's most valuable gift can be found, in the church. So, how can you truly experience Jesus in the Mass? I'm going to close with this. First, get there early. Spend time in quiet prayer before Mass begins. The world is busy and noisy, so it takes a few minutes to quiet your soul. You may want to read the Mass readings ahead of time and see if any phrases, or words stand out. You are preparing your heart to hear God's message. You are preparing your heart to receive the Eucharist. 
Second, actively participate. Take out the hymnal and sing. Follow along with the readings. Stay present in what is happening before you. Use all of your senses to experience the Mass. Place yourself in the readings like you were there as a bystander. What would you have seen or felt or heard? What would be happening around you? Then imagine Jesus standing in the front of the church waiting for you as you come forward for communion. What a beautiful sight that would be. A beautiful image to have in your mind. Third, take your faith life home with you. During the week, spend time in prayer. Open the Word of God. Your faith pours over into all areas of your life, your family, your marriage, your friendships, your work, even how you interact with strangers. A life of faith is more than just an hour of your time on Sunday mornings. Study the Catholic faith. Learn more about the traditions and the teachings so that Mass has more meaning, so that you truly connect. Now, when you go to Mass, there won't be a basket passed around with $1,000. But you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will connect with Christ, and you will be loved by the Father. You know what, my friends? I personally think this is the best gift that we could ever hope to receive. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for the gift of yourself. Thank you for always being present and there waiting and willing to meet us. Lord, we just ask that you open our hearts and our minds so that we can experience your presence even on a deeper level. Lord, we ask that you help us get rid of the things that separate us from you, the sin, the negative thoughts, whatever it is, so that we can connect with you on a deeper level. We ask that you help us to go out and be your light. Strengthen us to go out and be the light of Christ in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, till next week, stay happy, healthy, and holy. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyseanwilliams.com. That is musicbyseanwilliams.com. S-H-A-W-N,